Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. We're kicking it up for another hour with you here on the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I am Dr. Pat. It's great to have all of you tune us in. I'm here with my sidekick, Mr. Benny. Hi, B. What's happening? Yep, and then we got Zach over there doing the whole Facebook Live interface on TTR. Um, Takes a village. Uh, But I'm so excited about what we're going to talk about here today. So, Benny, the other day, we're doing a call. It's me, and it's Linda, and it's Jessica. And we're on a call, and we're, you know, we often do these check-in calls, right? And all of a sudden, we hear this crash at Linda's place, right? It was like, and Linda says, oh, my God, somebody's in here. Now, you've heard me talk about Linda and her mom, who is no longer with us physically. And every time we're talking about something, maybe we shouldn't be going in a direction. And the last time this happened was at my house where one of the dragon lamps that Joan gave me literally hopped off of the dresser in my bedroom, like the whole thing, off the dresser. Yeah. The whole thing, off the dresser, on the floor, nothing broken. No light bulb broken. It wasn't on. It wasn't plugged in. So yesterday, the same thing happened. Linda's sitting on a call and she's talking and no one even near these like Tupperware kind of things just hopped off the counter. Well, guess what? We're going to be talking the most incredible internationally renowned psychic medium, medical intuitive, best-selling author, given over 60,000, maybe over 65,000 readings worldwide, Sherry Diller, today. Because we're going to be talking with her about her latest venture, I'm Still With You. And Joan, I'm going to tell you right now, we believe you are. So, We don't have to knock anything off here today during the show. We get it. But we need to figure out what the message is you're trying to tell us. Um, Sherry is somebody that I met a number of years ago, hosted a show with us for a really long time. But today, it's about I'm still with you. Communicate here and evolve with your loved one on the other side. Yep. Because sometimes you got to get some help figuring out what they are trying to say. Sherry, it's great to have you. Thank you, Dr. Pat, so much for having me. Yeah. So that apparently, and this is our conclusion, our conclusion with Joan is that to get our intention, something has to fall off of something. 
Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes we find the pennies. Right. But normally when it's like something like important, something drops from something. Now, I don't know if that's for real or if we just made that up. But let's kick it off by hearing your perspective on that. (laughs) Well, the first thing that comes to mind with the story is that they, they have a sense of humor, the other side. And they love some, not quite a few, will really be proud of themselves for being able to kind of really do something with that kind of impact. Um, it's not, it's something that comes very naturally on the other side, the ability to be present with us, to see us, to feel us, to, um, you know, they can know amazing things about us, that our thoughts, our emotions. Um, So intuition, that kind of being able to connect is very natural, but what's not always so natural that they also have to kind of practice and learn is how to actually get our attention. Um, you know, we have their attention, but we don't always know it. So when they can knock something over and make a big impact, I'm sure she's laughing and laughing and so happy that she kind of got both of you, you know, that you're talking about her, that, you know, she's there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about this, because I want to, we're going to talk about your, your book. And one of the first thing that I was reading as I was reading it is the the section and i love the way you've divided this book i love the way you've written this and planned this book out really or maybe you got some help doing that from the other side yeah right definitely but the first part of it is so important it's living in the wonder of the other side and i was reading about this mm-hmm. and i it, and i'm literally it was so fresh with us sherry it was yesterday that linda had this now mm. we are assuming it's joan because Joan, Joan is not the kind of person that would throw something or do something. It's just, but we get that it's her. We, we must mm-hmm. intuitively know something that it's Definitely. her. Both of us do. Right. But you say the other side is eager to communicate. Mm-hmm. I just wonder how many, how often they're communicating with us and we are just not hearing it. Well, yeah. You know, uh, what happens a lot of the time is that we are, you know, they'll, they'll, one of the ways they get information, thoughts, um, messages to us is through our own thoughts. Um, they, you know, they're not communicating like you and I are where I see you and you're, you know, I mean, that can happen, but it's honestly very rare for it to happen. I mean, I can do that somewhat, but it's still not three-dimensional the way seeing you is, um, but they, they really are um, always like, you know, we're driving in the car, we're going someplace and our mind might be someplace else thinking about where we're going. And this thought comes in about something about work or right. our children or right. something that wasn't even on our mind. And we're just like, oh yeah, well, that's true. And you just kind of go with the thought and you think, oh yeah, well, you know what? I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to talk to her about that. And then you kind of forget it and you go on your way. Um, that's often most very, very common way that they communicate with us. But we would never kind of think, oh, sometimes if people are aware enough and wanting to communicate, they will say, oh, I think, you know, my grandfather or my dad or someone was giving me this message. 
but normally it happens so often we just think that we're just our minds wandering and we're thinking of different things yeah know? I do. And, you know, it really has, it's, I, I've, I've, I've read your book and I started to really think about what you just said. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that I started to think about is um, how, how much guidance I've had in my life, the way you've just described. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm, then I started to think about this today and it's in your book. So I'd love for you to talk about it. I started to wonder, I wonder what Joan is experiencing. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I wonder what she's experiencing. You know, when she made her transition, it it was hard. It was hard on Linda. It was hard on the family. Mm -hmm. And, and I wonder today, you know, how did she go from that experience, which we don't remember so favorably to be in this trickster Joan today? And you talk about this in the book. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are very curious about that. What what are they experiencing? And it, it, it is such a puzzle to us. Yeah. Um, I rely on consistencies and readings to understand what happens. There are certain yeah. things that tend to come up over and over. And so that's where I'm getting a lot of this information from is just what, 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 kind of um, just emerges with, you know, a lot of those on the other side. Generally, what happens, and I kind of, like you said, go through this in the book, is that initially, you know, what's interesting, initially, um, we're so surprised that passing over is so easy. Um, It's not, it's so easy. We think of it as we have all kinds of different thoughts and you know, perceptions of what that might be like, it tends to be an incredibly gentle process. Mm. Um, It's a gentle process, no matter what the experience might look like on the physical side, whether it's someone who has had a long-term illness or someone who um, has died, passed over unexpectedly through an accident, whatever that might be, it's always immediately distress the illness, the pain, the suffering, whatever that is, drops away. And it's a gentle process where our loved ones and then um, our pets are, if there are certain divine beings, we'd like to be present, whatever we in our heart would like to encounter, we encounter. And so the transformation from the physical consciousness to the spiritual consciousness actually happens quite quickly it drops away. It literally drops away. And we are ourselves, we have our memories intact, our personality intact. Um, It's not that we forget that. It's just the stresses, the pain, the suffering that drops away. And our soul, our love comes forth and in the love all around us. So it's very quickly transformative in that way. You know, I, I, um, as I was reading the book, I was struck by a couple things. One, I was struck by how this is now, for me, when I go through this, I didn't expect this to be such a tool guide for me, meaning that, you know, there was one part in here where you talk about the fact that, you know, once they pass over, they're immediately intuitive, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you talk about that, but then you also say this book, you know, 
here you are, you've written this book, 35 years you've been communicating or 35 plus years you've been communicating. Mm -hmm. and, and you say, well, look, this book is to help us communicate. It's to help us grow uh, in, par in parallel. And mm -hmm. I had never thought about that. I don't mm -hmm. know why I thought, well, okay, I'm going to have to grow still mm -hmm. every day of my life, but they're already like grown. And mm -hmm. so that was like, really? And then I'm like hurrying to read the rest of the book to find out. But that was like an aha moment for me. Mm -hmm. I bet I'm not alone with that. I oh, think a oh, lot of no, people, in fact, right? That was actually how it came about as I was writing the book. It was kind of something <sighs> that I had seen, but I hadn't put the whole thing together, what was really happening. But with clients and with their loved ones who had passed over, especially close relationships, partner relationships, um, child and parent relationships that were close, I, I over time I've seen that parallel where um, they people seem to be evolving in in ways that it's it's like they're there's a they're on this highway and they've come to this fork in the road. And they're going to the same destination, but they're taking different routes there. Um, in other words, our work here continues in a different way when a loved one passes over. It, we are in a new being ourselves. We don't look at it that way. Yeah. We look at it that the one who's passed over is in a new being, very different. But we are kind of too. We're, we're in a new journey when a loved one passes over. It oh, might yeah. not be as noticeable, but it's a new journey and there's new purpose. There's new things we are here to learn and evolve. And just knowing that even though we're not always aware of it, our journeys, we're going to the same destination of love and evolution and awareness. But in order to further evolve our soul, we have to be separate in the physical now. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I was reading your book and your reference to synergy in the book too. And one of the things that I was really struck by is in the last, in the last hour, I talked about how in my lifetime, you know, outside of a global disaster, how in my lifetime, I have never seen the kind of transformative energy and demands and opportunities in the, like that we're living in right now because mm -hmm. in a six month period of time people all over the world pretty much are re how should i say it they have a new piece of wood and mm -hmm. they have to carve out a new image for themselves in their lives but then i thought about reading your book and i said mm -hmm. wow that's what happens when a person, a loved one, is here one day and then they're not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and otherwise. And boy, we don't give that much attention at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? We don't that give what you call the synergy of it, what it really needs to get. I mm -hmm. don't think after reading your book. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, it's interesting too, what you're bringing up about, you know, when we're here on the physical, we can deny certain things in our life. We can 
you know, even with everything going on in the world right now, there are some people that would choose to be more in denial and not understand that part of this is opportunity to evolve and grow. And, and right. it's, it's coming very, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's you know, um, something that it's hard to miss that. Um, on the other side, what's interesting though, is that it's such a huge shift and this is hard to understand, you know, it's so hard to understand that consciousness. It truly is. Yeah. Um, but when we pass over what's so, again, hard to understand for us in the physical human consciousness is that we almost feel like we are our true self in the way that what we left behind is still the puzzle. Like we're mm. home. We know who we are. We know what life is. Mm. We have a sense of peace about that. We're in this, you know, here we struggle so much and we're confused and we don't know. When we're on the other side, it's new, but it's so familiar. It, it, it's like we really know who we are now. And we, we've always known that, but we haven't really been able to be in touch with it. It's like all of the illusion that we live in here is gone. And it, it's more familiar. We're so comfortable in it. Yeah. We're not on, it's we're on, un, un, unobstructed when, you know, really? the way that my sense of, you know, my mom that passed and especially my spiritual teacher, the messages that I got, or they weren't messages, they were just like feelings and knowing it mm -hmm. was like this vision of having a drain in your home be cleared was un, there was was unobstructed there was there was nothing in the flow of the energy that was in the way mm, and nice. it was an interesting thing because i was reading your book about it and in a sense you know i started to think about this and i started to think about well immediately sherry says and then i thought about something else i wanted to ask you about it is the famous or infamous white light mm -hmm. right um i've read i've read a number of books on people and mm -hmm. i've read stories about the white light but you you talk about this from your readings and your experiences you've described this in such detail but not just about the it the thing right um mm -hmm. but some detail and and then you talk about some people talk about a tunnel some people don't Mm -hmm. So how varied are what you've seen in people's experiences with this? With being on the other side, what it's like? Yeah, with the white light, the tunnel, with getting from oh, I see here that. to there. Right, right, right. Um, you know, it it it's it's a really good question. I you know what I found is that when I talk about the tunnel in the book. Um, one of the things that I had heard a lot people talk about was the tunnel. And then I thought, as I was writing, I thought, you know, I rarely actually have anybody that talks about the tunnel. Um, most of the time when people will come in clients and ask, well, you know, they're concerned about their loved ones passing. Were they in pain? Were they scared? What happened to them? Where did they go? Usually what I what um, people on the other side explain to me and tell their loved one 
is that it was it was they didn't really experience the tunnel as much as being immediately in pure light energy and that's what i was talking about earlier when i mm -hmm. said everything falls away and we see ourselves in this familiar way eternal way that we know who we are that that was really difficult for us to experience that here now the people that do talk about a white light or that tunnel it's interesting in that what i've discovered and some of what my guides have taught me too about this is that that it's actually what's what's going on is that the tunnel is actually the darkness is our physical body it's our physicality the light we're seeing is actually the ball of light of our own spirit yeah. of our own soul yeah. and it's what we're doing is we're pulling our life force energy out of the body and into the ball of light that is our spirit and it's not that we're actually going someplace or going in it, it's like our consciousness is moving into the light of our true being that white light ball is us and the the darkness around us the tunnel is what we're leaving behind yeah and when someone can experience that it, it actually is incredibly cleansing and clearing too and it can actually dissolve a lot of the uh, negativity and karma that we've also accumulated in our being here too. It's a purification also. Yeah. I want to talk to you really quickly before we go to break about uh, something you wrote about in the book. It, it's you, you don't spend a lot of time talking about it, but I'm really struck by what's happening right now mm -hmm. in the world. And what's happening right now is um, that people are making their transition. They're, they're dying right now right <clears throat> and their loved ones are not able to witness yeah. that and i was reading about what you were saying about this in the book and and i'm not talking about a couple of people here no i know you know we're talking yeah. about hundreds of thousands and now we're we're past a million people that most likely did not have their loved ones there um, you talk about that in the book, but I'm telling you, the reality of that hit me really hard when I was reading yeah, about you know, it. That's a really good, really, I'm so glad you brought that up because yeah. it's something that people loved, what people here in the physical world can carry with them for years and years and years, this stress and concern and worry about what happened to their loved one. What was their last moments like? I couldn't be there. Do they lonely? Were they suffering? Were they afraid? And in my experience, I would say with, with COVID, passing over with COVID is a slower process of passing over. And the only reason I bring that up is because when it's a slower process of passing over, what happens is that those in spirit and our home, you know, divine beings, our angels, all of spirit knows before we do that, we're passing over. Mm. And so before we're out of the physical body, they are very close and we start to transition before the physical body does. I guarantee you that anybody who's passed over in an that has been incubated has already passed over before the physical body has. Oh. Their spirit is gone. They oh. know they're going. Now they might come back into the body. It's not that they're you know, once the spirit is entirely gone, the physical body will cease to um, 
have that, you know, human heartbeat and all that. Mm -hmm. But in terms of their consciousness, they've been able to transcend the physical body and they are already visiting spirit. They know where they're going. They are aware they've dropped some of the, the suffering, the pain that we're talking about. The suffering that we perceive that someone's going through is not the experience that they have. Right. right. Boy, I yeah. think that's a major lesson about, about that, that one part, because we are now having people that are still here in the physical body, you know, with an entire barrage of mm -hmm. feelings and guilt and yeah, shame so and emotions. Much. I yeah, mean, so you much. can feel it. Um, so I want to, yeah. I mean, I want to take a short break. I wanted to say to folks, if you've got questions for Sherry, give us a call. 1-800-930-2819. Uh, Sherry Diller joining me here today. This is her fabulous book we're talking about. And Benny, we have three packages to give away. Uh, they are guided meditations for connecting with the other side. And so we have three of these to give away. We will need your email um, and phone number is 1-800-930-2819. We'd love to give you three people, one of these each. When we come back, we're going to talk with Sherry about as we understand this process, as we understand what is the soul got to do with it? Where does the soul come in? And for those of you out there, if you're thinking about this, if you're wondering about this, is there a role that we people still here could learn how to play better? So when Joan decides to knock something off a counter or throw a dragon lamp across the floor and not break anything, what do we do? How do we do it? When do we do it? And then what gets revealed to us? I'm not answering those. Sherry Diller's going to answer those. <laughs> Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. We all carry around fears, insecurities, and other unhelpful feelings. It would be great to be able to just put them down. One day, two Buddhist monks were on a journey. They came to a fast-flowing river and saw a young woman unable to cross because she couldn't swim. The older monk, without hesitation, offered to help her across the water. Hours later, the younger monk couldn't contain himself any longer. We're not supposed to have contact with women, and yet you helped that woman across the river. Why? The older monk replied, I put that young lady down hours ago. Why are you still carrying her? Hi, I'm Sarah Main, creator of Conscious Confidence, a timeless wisdom, and host of Conscious Confidence Radio. Learn how to put down those things of the past with my FUSE program. Buy my book, Conscious Confidence, today at ConsciousConfidence.com and get started. What is a brilliant culture and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. Are you ready to awaken to your divine and true potential? 
tune in to a Spirited Exchange Radio with me, Carrie Kadambi, every second and fourth Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. We discuss the evolution of the modern mind and how the power of awakening, healing, and connecting allows us to step into living a life of love in action. For more information about me, visit TheDivineGuidanceGift.com. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Stop circling around difficult issues and find out what's been holding you back. Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Hi, I'm Brittany Miles, and I'm hosting a Zoom class on Wednesday, July 29th, 5 p.m. Pacific, with East West Bookshop here in Seattle. The title of my class is The Life You Save May Be Your Own. You're going to learn about how I lost it all in 2016 and the three-step process which got me back my life. Wednesday, July 29th, 5 p.m. See you then. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. And of course, I have the most incredible Sherry Diller joining me here today. And we are chit-chatting about her latest project, fantastic book. And I was saying before the break, there's just so much in here. We're going to get to a lot of it. But as I said before, we've got some, we've got some fabulous uh, meditations to give to all of you. 1-800-930-2818. One nine. We've got three of those to give away. Um, Sherry, how do we get a copy of the book? How do people find out about your work? How can they work with you? Well, the book is available well, any so many places online. Yeah. Um, every you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Llewellyn, the publisher. Um, so it's pretty easy to find the book. Um, it's in bookstores, but it's probably better, as we know, to buy online. Just yeah, don't want to get out there too much, but yeah, um, you my uh, my uh, website is uh, Sherry Dillard s h e r r i e d i l l a r d dot com, and uh, uh, email is great grace dot sherry at gmail dot com. Awesome, mm-hmm. and live call in here to receive this fabulous gift from Sherry is one eight hundred nine three zero two eight one nine. You know, Sherry, as I was reading your book, um, I was struck by the part in the book, and this is what we were talking about during break. So I'm going to give you sort of what was the, the catalyst that got me to think about this. It's the part of the book where you talk about soul and soul review, right? Mm-hmm. And I was, I was going through this and I was reading it and I was reading about the relationships between people like grandmother, granddaughter, right? I mean, there's some beautiful stories you tell. I mean, the book is filled with stories. And then I was talking to a friend of mine who works in a first responder ER type position. And she brought up a point that I know we're aware of it, but not really mm-hmm. the powerful impact of this. And she brought up the idea that there are these, these, closing moments there are these rituals 
And there are people now that are dying, that are transitioning, and they are not in a room with their family and their friends. That's not the way this is rolling for the most part. In other countries, and you know, my relatives in Brazil mm-hmm. are showing me pictures of mass graves, like they're digging up the earth and there's bodies on bodies. And there are cultures in the world, even our culture in the United States, we have rituals mm-hmm. around this. Right. And none of that is happening. And I was just yeah. struck by that. And I was trying to figure out how does that impact what you wrote about the soul and the soul review? Mm-hmm. I mean, how does it impact or maybe it doesn't? I'd love mm-hmm. to know your thoughts on that. Well, it in, I feel like it impacts the soul review in the way that we don't, you know, we don't recognize some of the healing all the time that takes place between our loved one and ourselves once they pass over. During the soul review, quite often our loved ones are very close and there is, and and I want to just talk for a moment about maybe some things that people can do to to create maybe more of a ritual if they've lost someone and have been unable to go through our traditional um, rituals that we do. But a soul comes close during the soul review, and that will happen even more so if we haven't had contact with them before they passed over. If there was something they had wanted to say to us or share with us or um, ask for forgiveness for, they will come close to us during the soul review. Now, how do we know that? How can we even begin to understand that, that they're close and that there is that the very first thing we have to do is trust ourselves. Yeah. You know, we don't trust ourselves in this way because we don't talk about it and we don't have language about it. And we don't always believe in the existence that this is possible. If we just accepted that this is possible and trust ourselves, we would find that sometimes what will happen is simply a memory. A memory will come up. You know, you've lost a loved one and you're in grief, you're grieving, but then a memory, a specific memory comes up. Maybe it was a very positive memory. And what I would suggest people do is if they have lost a loved one, and I talk about this in the book, is use those memories. Don't just think, oh, that was a, yeah, that, and you can even look at photos, old photos, or something to kind of even conjure up, remember the memories, if you don't get them spontaneously. Most oh. people do, but they just think, yeah, I'm just remembering the good times or when we yeah. had trouble. But realize that the memories are a tool that your loved one is using to make contact with you and to complete the soul review. And that is in some way the way we evolve. I have a, a very good friend whose father passed over. And during their life, it was not an easy relationship at all. It was an incredibly difficult relationship. And when he passed over, she started to have different memories of him, memories that she had kind of forgotten about, of positive interactions they had. Some of the things that he had done, she began to understand that he was trying to love her. He Mm. was trying to take care of her. She didn't see it that way at the time. Um, but but as the memories came in, she began to understand where he was coming from and that some of the things that her perception was that he was being stubborn or difficult were just his way of trying 
to protect her or to send her love or to try to, in his own way, to do something positive for her. Now, his the way he did that, he understood as he went over, it wasn't working. Yeah. Um, but but that's where the magic is, is let the memories come in and trust the feelings as they come up. Because normally what happens during the soul review when someone's passed over, our means of communication is, is emotion and thought. So if we're, our heart is opening, grief opens our heart understand that we have to grieve we have to let the, the the loss up all the grief up because that's going to become the channel through which we can further connect with our loved one through the emotion of love or through forgiveness or understanding them better compassion all of that will it, it all it, it's all centered in the heart now our thoughts also but they they work together in that way but trust the memories and just listen just listen to them, see what comes up for you, put energy into it and, and let your grief continue to open and open and open the channels. Now that can take a long time. It's very difficult to grieve, but understand that the way to connect with your loved one is to follow the grief. Yeah. Don't deny it or don't think it's in your way. Go into the grief deeper and deeper. Yeah. But you know what I love about your book, though, and and you've written other books before, but what I love about this book, and certainly you didn't time it for now. No, I didn't. I, you didn't time it for no, now. I wrote it like three years ago. Exactly. Yeah. But <laughs> it is it is powerful for now. It is a powerful book for now because mm-hmm. not only are we in exploration of trying to understand what that experience is like for the millions of people that are dying right now that we know of. And people do die every day. But this is a little bit different in terms of what people believe they could, couldn't do, shouldn't do, how the people are suffering as they're dying. I mean, what you write in your book is helpful for people that have an idea of the suffering that a person might be going through in the in the dying process mm-hmm. and what it must be like when they do make that transition, right? Uh, and if we could just understand, perhaps, and maybe you could say it better than I can, that whatever the suffering is in this earth skin, it's not like we accumulate it to take it to the other side, or is it? <laughs> I hope yep, not. We absolutely do not. What what happens during the soul review is the suffering that we have gone through here and is is transformed into awareness and knowledge. Um, here we're, we get stuck in the suffering and we don't see clearly enough to understand what has been set in motion and what where our power is in it and what, what we are learning throughout our suffering. And, and it's hard to do that here. It's very, very difficult to do that here. But on the other side, the suffering is transformed into awareness and knowledge. We understand. We understand, um, you know, and we realize that we've called that to us, too, in order to grow, in order to evolve. Um, you know, as you were talking, I, I have to say that, um, I, th- you know, my feeling is one of the most profound um 
you know, kind of emotional transformation that we're going to go through because in part because of what's happening with COVID Mm -hmm. is that we're going to be experiencing collectively an immense amount of grief. Yes. And guilt. Yes. An immense amount. Now, the people who are personally going through this and, and lost loved ones are individually going through that now. And it's a very, very difficult those are so difficult emotions to, to work through. But even on a bigger scale, collectively, this is going to be something that is going to be with us for a long time, the emotional energy of this. Yeah. You know, I studied in school. Um, when I went back to school for uh, f- to study psychology, I didn't know I was going to study what I studied. But one of the things that I was completely let's just say captivated by was as I looked at my area, which was the psychological effects of broken promises. And that is a big category that I didn't even know existed. One of the things that I grabbed onto is this little known thing that is called spillover. Mm. Now it sounds like a dumb thing, right? Like who calls something spillover? Right. But the description of it was what you just said. It's a it's an emotional, psychological, and energetic impact from an event or a thing that even if you're not involved in it, like even if it's not your you personally, but it spills over into your psyche. And mm-hmm. now we know that it spills over into your spiritual field. And what you just described is been happening as we speak. Mm-hmm. But people don't have words for right. why they're feeling the way they're feeling, right? Yeah. People don't have words for why they are so angry sometimes mm-hmm. when they see people in their minds not doing everything they could do right. to be careful. Right. And 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 you think about it, and I was listening to somebody say, oh, it's like road rage. I'm saying, no, it is much deeper than that. And you just nailed it. Yeah. It is much deeper than that. It's suffering about an event that has not happened yet, that may be imminent to happen, which you then perceive will happen to you that actually may not happen. And we, I don't even know if that made sense. But we're carrying it. We're carrying it. We're carrying, we're all it. carrying it. All of it. We're all carrying it. And, and and to add to that, it's like we're in a very, very slow, slow, slow moving tornado that we have we don't know has an end. You know, we don't know what's coming tomorrow. We could get ill tomorrow. We could have our loved one get ill tomorrow. Um, it it's not. It, it's kind of we're in the presence of that trauma and we have and part of the big part of trauma is having no control i mean we have some oh, yeah. control in terms of you know wearing masks and limiting contact and things like that but we have no control over what others do we have no control over the suffering around us you know and and honestly the only real solution eventually through this is going to have to be a spiritual solution. Now, it's got to be. You know, the healing part has got to be a spiritual solution. We can do the science of it and we can heal on the physical, but the trauma that we're experiencing and the passing over of so, so, so many 
And is it, it the only way to get through something like that is spiritual transformation. It yeah. has to be. It has to be. And, you know, the thing I want to ask you about, and now, now that you've mentioned it, it really brings me to another part in the, in the book. And for those of you out there, I know you're trying to call into the show. Please keep calling. I think we have one more gift to give away, 1-800-930-2819. You know, I thought about myself, Sherry, for a minute, and perhaps mm-hmm. let me just use myself as an example. I thought about myself and it started early on with the death of my mom. I was six years old, but I knew my mom died. I actually told the nuns that I was looking at the station of the cross, the ninth station. And I said to the nuns over the weekend, normally they pick me up on the weekend. They didn't pick me up. And I said to the nun, hey, not like that, but Mm -hmm. Jesus says my mom's with them. She's okay. Well, Catholic boarding school, they grab, they drag you by Mm -hmm. the ear and you go to see the mother superior. Mm -hmm. And I walk into mother superior and I remember this like it was yesterday. Oh, I could see right now I'm seeing sister Michael Anthony's face. Oh boy. And mother superior picks up her head and she's crying. She had a note from my family. My mother was gone. But one of the things that that you talk about is I think there's an accumulation if we don't understand what to do with this and we accumulate it. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, when I was reading your book and I went back over it, I thought, wait a minute, this is about freedom. Mm -hmm. This is a book about freedom. And you have so many stories, whether it's young in spirit right? Whether it's people that are dying suddenly, whether it is emergency, whether it's sick, but the key is in understanding. It is, it is in the ability to know that Joan just knocked something off. How funny is that? But then the question is, Sherry, Mm -hmm. how the heck do I find out what she wants us to know well to begin with the first step is to say i can know there you it's go. possible for me to know there you go yeah i have the tools within me it's not out of my reach because the first thing people do with that is kind of oh my gosh i don't know what to do <laughs> so if you can just say you know what i have the tools within me i can know and i have help in knowing and then try to just breathe, calm down, kind of breathe. Some people want to close their eyes. You can leave them open. But just believe it or not, just listen. Yeah. That's all. Now, if nothing comes to you, which it probably won't if you're trying, <laughs> just because you know we're trying to overthink right. and all that, but I just want everybody to know it will come to you. If you want to know, if you're into you know, kind of really saying, I accept whatever, and I'd like to hear, I'd like to know, you're going to find you're driving your car, you're folding laundry, you're doing something else, and it's going to hit you. It's just going to be there, and you're going to know. Now, again, the key is to trust that. Don't talk yourself out of it. You know, people will know, and then because they have no outside confirmation, the doubt comes in. You know, the biggest hardest things to get through is trusting ourselves and fending off the doubt that we have 
and opening our heart and thanking our loved ones for the message and continuing to say, and I'm open to more. Yeah. Not as hard as we make it. And I think that's going to be good practice after I'm done with the show today. I'm going to call Linda. Um, because I'll, I'll tell you, when Joan spoke, we all listened. Very. Well, I believe it because that's how she's coming in in spirit. Is yeah. that, yeah, yeah, she's like, you're going to listen, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, she wasn't the type that would be just all at you all the time. Mm-hmm. So when she did speak, right, it was like, right. Oh, okay. Um, right. You know, th- this last thing I want to chat with you about is, was so well, okay, I'm going to use a pop culture movie if I could, okay. was so well depicted in the movie, The Sixth Sense, mm. right? Remember that with Bruce Willis? Oh, yeah, I remember okay. that. There yeah. are a lot of things in that movie. But right. this one part of it, I don't think people got mm-hmm. from the movie. Right. And it, when you talk about in your book that we can fulfill our purpose on the other side, mm-hmm. fulfilling our purpose. Now, I'm reading this and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, yeah. Like, of course, he's counseling a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. He's, right. He's fulfilling a purpose. Right. Um. That's... I've done a lot of interviews. I've never heard that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding. I've never heard that. Have you talked about that before? It it is so true. It is so true that happens is that, and I talk about different examples in the book, one being where, um, you know, we can't control all the conditions here. And if there is someone who has had in their life this strong desire to, and usually, usually it'll happen the per if the purpose is surrounding service of some type and giving and um i talk about one example where um a client of mine a male who i, oh, I had actually worked with before he transitioned over not knowing he didn't he wasn't ill it was an accident he passed but he would talk a lot about really wanting to do something to um for the planet for, um, uh, I think he was really into technologies and technologies that would rely not on coal and oil and all that. Um, And he was an inventor and he was very interested in just, you know, but he never got it, launched it because no one, he needed, you know, to do something like that, you need financial resources. And he had these great ideas, these great inventions, these great things he wanted to do but he, he just, it never went anywhere. And I also worked with his partner too. So when he transitioned, his partner came in and his partner, of course, wanted to know, what are you doing? What's going on? And he told them that, um, finally I'm doing it. Finally, I'm doing it. And he was thrilled. He was overjoyed that he was working. You know, what we don't realize is that there are teams and, and, unbelievable numbers of souls that are working towards saving our planet and helping us here. And he was involved in this collective group of souls that were very interested in helping others here, giving them ideas, opening doors, so that some of these technologies would also become available to us. And so he was actually living his bliss that he had always wanted to happen here. He was working on a higher scale and helping the planet the way he had always envisioned it would happen. If there's something here that you envision happening and it's not, it doesn't seem to go anywhere. 
it's not the last go around. You're, it'll happen. Yeah. It'll happen. Well, I, I think for me, I, I, as I went through your book and I, I'm telling you, it is masterfully, masterfully done because okay. not only are you talking about things that people can use and do, but the stories are incredible. And it made me think, it made me hit the pause button. I was, button. I was going through it last night again. It made me hit the pause button. And I said, oh my God, I get it. My mom who committed suicide. My mom was highly creative, entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. She is the genius in my head that gives me these ideas. Right. My stepmom is the master of perseverance. And there are many stories I could tell you with that. She is getting me off my butt when I don't want to. Mm -hmm. My uncle is the guy that's telling me as he did when I was a child, that you can do it. I believe in you. And I had this moment where I knocked these people off my sister. Right. And mm -hmm. I said, wow, that's how I explain how I am today mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. Right. Doing the things I'm doing and not like that story from high school where they thought I was all dead. <laughs> and you know that your mom, part of his, tr her transition was, in her heart, in her yeah. soul, she wanted to be that. She wanted yeah. to be in that energy so much that creative yeah. Yeah. open. And that's where she went. That's what she, she had to do that. And she couldn't do it here. Yeah. And, and the and, soul longing was so strong. It, 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 it just transitioned her. But for me, knowing that today, mm -hmm. it, it allows me to fully lean into that energy and those helpers. Right. See, if we could get that we have helpers, wow, what do. a difference. None of us are doing this alone. No wow. way. I know. Well, Sherry, thank you so much for joining me. Um, please tell folks again how they can find out more about you, please. Sure. Um, SherryDiller.com, S-H-E-R-R-I-E-D-I-L-L-A-R-D. -E -E Email is grace.sherry at gmail. Um, and the book's available everywhere, yeah. right? And yeah. they, if they want to book time with you, they can certainly get that from your website too, right? Exactly. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank I'm you. so glad we got you to come yeah, on. This is a, this so is a great book. To, always thrilled to be with you. So yeah. It's such a gift to me to be able to be on your show. It's, it's such awesome. It's enlightened show. You know, I do a lot of shows. This is the most enlightened show that I have ever continually you are so present and so there i so much appreciate you you are a gift thank you thank you so much sherry thank you everybody thank you for tuning us in benny zach all of you out there a lot to absorb we love you see you next time